Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 310. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. We are at episode 310. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, the host here every week. I'm joined by our sponsor, Blueprint MCAT, our co-host for the show. We are jumping into an episode today that is super helpful because students often wonder, like, when should I take the MCAT and how do I best plan the MCAT around the application cycle? So we're going to talk about that today. Before we jump in, though, make sure you go sign up for a free account over at blueprintmcat.com. You get access to their half-length diagnostic. Everyone is scared to take the diagnostic. Just take it. Don't make any meaning behind your score. You may get a 490, but that doesn't mean you can't get a 520. Go today and take your diagnostic for free over at blueprintmcat.com. And then when you have some content under your belt and you're ready to jump back in, you also get one free full length from blueprintmcat.com. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com. Go check them out. Let's go and jump into our episode today. Nicole, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Excited to be back hanging out on air with you again. Woohoo! We are <laughs> back for some more MCAT information, uh, entertainment, if we can entertain with the <laughs> MCAT as much as we can. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but we are here to talk about when to take the MCAT and what does that actually mean for potentially the application. Now, you're an MCAT expert. I'm a little bit more of the application person, uh, but mm -hmm. I know you know some application stuff as well as you're going through the process right now. I am indeed. We get questions all the time, at least I do, about, Dr. Gray, I was going to take my MCAT in March. I know you recommend taking it kind of January, March, April-ish, mm -hmm. but I need to push it back. I'm not ready. Life happened, and I need to push it back. Can I take it in June? Yeah. Can I take it in July? Can I take it in August? Let's talk <laughs> about... What each of these months potentially mean for the student and their application. So yes. <laughs> let's talk about rolling admissions first. What's your understanding of rolling admissions? Yeah, so for the vast majority of U.S. medical schools, MD and DO, as Dr. Bates pointed out, as longtime listeners of this podcast hopefully know very well by now, 
Um, med schools review applications in the order they get them, right? So a lot of schools start sending out interview invites as early as like August, um, right? So if your application is not in by the time schools, you know, kind of are starting to review applications, it simply means that there might be a lower chance of you getting an interview. Now, this is going to differ a little bit school to school, you know, some schools, for example, you know, have a policy that they accept, you know, the same number of students from every single interview day, or they have only interview days that, you know, um, they end on a certain month, right? That's like earlier in the cycle. But for a lot of schools, submitting your application earlier is going to really help you get that foot in the door, right? Because as the cycle goes on and on and more and more interview days happen, right, there's less and less spots available. So you want your application being looked at by schools, right, when you have the best chance of them being able to offer you that interview. So overall, submitting earlier is going to help you at the vast majority of institutions. And this is not a secret. Schools schools say this, you know, whether they should, we should advertise it more is a different conversation we could have. But um, this is a, this is a well-known fact in medical school admissions. Yeah. So I'm going to, just to kind of get the point across, I'm going to switch my camera here to my iPad. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's, it's offset a little bit, ignore that. And and I don't know if I've ever drawn it out this way to where this, (laughs) this is a normal X, Y curve here, right? And this is, this is time and and this is number of seats and number of applicants as well so kind of a a two a two-sided um and I'm I'm writing not flat up and down my my iPad is at an angle so uh excuse the <laughs> handwriting <laughs> um and and what happens is we have right we have may and then we have at some point over here the the normal deadlines are typically end of October, November ish, right? Uh, Absolute normal deadlines. Yeah, the the ignore mm-hmm. ignore the deadlines. Um, and what happens is over time, the number of seats that are available are obviously at an all time high right at the beginning, right? Because nobody has yeah. been given those seats. Actually, that's not completely true because there are students who have deferred a year. Mm-hmm. And there are students who have been uh, either withheld a year, they need to repeat a year, whatever happened. And so maybe there's a an, an X minus, whatever. So we'll, we'll just say it starts at, at an all-time high. And then as the time goes by, obviously it's going to flatline for a little bit, right? We're going to have some early decision people get into some schools. And then over time, this is going to go down and down and down and down and down because with rolling admissions you have schools interviewing and accepting people throughout the whole application process. Not every school does it, but most do. And on the opposite side, so this is number of seats, right? And then on the opposite side, we have the number of applicants. And all that's happening here is you get a a big spike at the beginning. And then at some point, you have more and more students applying because they don't really understand the whole rolling admissions thing. And they go, oh, the deadline is October. I'm good if I just yeah. submit my my application there. So the, the dashed is number of applicants. And this is what we always try to explain. I've never really drawn it out this way. Hopefully this makes sense. 
to, to help a student understand what this rolling admissions means and how potentially now we'll, we'll continue the conversation about how the MCAT plays into that timeline. So <laughs> let's keep talking. <laughs> yeah, so I think the, the first thing you have to understand, right, is like when can you actually submit your application, right? Because schools, the bottom line is, is schools are not going to review your application until it is complete. So the question is, okay, what does complete mean? Right? How do we actually get to that point? So we know there's a few parts to our applications, right? We have letters of recommendation. You have your primary application. That's, that's your personal statement and your 15 work and activity slots. You have secondary essays um, for individual schools, right? And you have your MCAT score. All of those things need to be in by the, in order for it, most schools to pull your application up and say, okay, this is ready for the committee to review, right? Like you wouldn't want a school to start reviewing your application if your letters of recommendation weren't in yet, right? So yeah. the schools want to make sure they have all of the information available so they can make the most informed decision about, hey, do we want to interview the student? Are we interested? Yeah. So your primary application is kind of your first step. So that opens up every year, either right like at the beginning of June or the very end of May, so like May 28th. Well, the, the, the submission mm -hmm. specifically for AMCAS is that day. All right, three applications open up at the beginning of May, typically within days mm -hmm. of each other. Yeah, so you have that time to start putting in all of your grades and hopefully copying, pasting, you know, your statements and everything that all your essays you hopefully started writing earlier on before that um, into the application service. But then, yes, when you can actually hit submit for AMCAS, I said it is around that end of May. And Dr. Grady, how, is that, that's about the same for other application services as well. Is it TMDSAS that you can TMDSAS, TMDSAS and ACOMIS mm -hmm. have historically been, as soon as the application opens beginning of May, you can submit same day. Great. TMDSAS, mm -hmm. as of two years ago, I think, or last year, um, they changed. So there is a slight today, delay of about two weeks before you can start submitting your application. So uh, ACOMIS, you can submit immediately. TMDSAS is the next one after about two weeks. And then AMCAS comes in last with being able to submit end of May, beginning of June. Yeah. So then once you actually submit your application, I said this is, you know, it's similar across the application services, but specifically for AMCAS, right? You have to go through, you're going to have to go through a verification process and how long that takes can vary widely yep. depending on <laughs> depending on when you actually hit submit right so you could submit on day one right but it's actually but it's open right for months after that for submission so yeah doctor how do you like to think about verification timelines yeah i i don't really mm -hmm. like to think about it um obviously mm -hmm. it it is a factor the mm -hmm. the the verification timeline stuff I like to think of in terms of you're getting in line, right? You you have to go <laughs> through a queue to to get screened to to go through TSA, right? To to get to the the airplane, and if if you're uh, let let's say every plane takes off at the same exact time, right? Every day. <laughs> And, and you show up 30 minutes before your flight, there's probably going to be a lot of people in line you're going to be waiting forever. You're going to miss your flight, right? If you show up three hours before your flight, a lot of people are like, ah, I can show up two hours and you're going to be pretty early and you're just going to zip right through. 
the uh-huh. the verification timeline for all three application services varies drastically. For yes. TMDSAS, they don't go through the typical verification process that we think of with AMCAS. With AMCAS, they are looking at your transcripts and your grades mm-hmm. that you entered and making sure that you're not lying about anything and making sure yeah. that you're entering they're, everything. They basically need to double check, double they're, checking your work. They're double checking all of the work. They're making sure that you're categorizing mm-hmm. it properly. You you put in the right grades, you put in the right credits, all of that stuff. You they're, they're looking at potentially, did you send us all of the transcripts? A lot of students aren't aware that if you have transfer credit from a community college, mm-hmm. that you need that transcript not just your university transcript that accepted those credits. And so they're, they're checking all that stuff and it takes a long time for AMCAS. TMDSAS doesn't do that immediately. They verify some things and then they, they throw it to the schools to start looking at the application. And typically later on, if you're gonna get an interview, usually, and, and I'm not sure if they do it for everyone, but I think it's like you're getting ready for an interview potentially. TMDSAS will say, hey, we're ready for your transcripts, send them to us. They'll request you send them when they want them. AMCAS and Acomas, you have to send the transcripts uh, first thing, right, right away. Mm-hmm. So so TMDSAS is, is usually a little bit faster in terms of verification to get the application to the school. Acomas, the DO application, they do a very similar verification process to AMCAS, but they do it much, much, much quicker within Mm -hmm. a week, maybe two at the peak, but then usually within a couple days for the rest of the cycle. Whereas AMCAS takes weeks and weeks and weeks, up to six to eight weeks I've seen um, in the the peak of the cycle. Yeah, right. So once again, our goal is to figure out, hey, when is my application actually going to be complete, right? Because our goal is for our MCAT score to not delay right when that admissions committee takes a look at your items, right? So if we think about, right, you submit as early as possible, takes a few weeks for your application to get verified, then you potentially have another period where you might actually have to wait for AMCAS for your application to then be transmitted to school. So you'll hear students talk about, you know, kind of wanting to get in this first, first batch of transmissions because AMCAS doesn't start immediately sending like your application is verified, goes to the school. Um, Right at the beginning, there's kind of another delay in the process there. Yeah, definitely. So (laughs) any other delay is happening, right? So primary application, (laughs) secondary application, letters of rec, and what we wanna talk about today, the MCAT score, right? That is a complete application where typically the med schools Mm -hmm. will go, okay, we're ready to look at this student's file. So Mm -hmm. we have to remember that the MCAT takes a month to score. Why does it take a month? Who the heck knows? They did it in two weeks during COVID. Why can't they keep it at two weeks? Why can't it be immediate? Like almost every other test out there where you click the button and Uh, here's your score. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyway. That would be so yeah. nice. Jealous of my of the all of friends taking the LSAT and <laughs> yeah. you get you know even if we just wish we could get that estimated score, but we can't. We yeah. have to wait 
that full month. Like I said, so if we think about, you know, as let's say you submit all your essays, everything that as early as possible, you know, let's just call it roughly mid July, right? That's probably about the earliest that you could be totally done, right? So let's just take the MCAT out of the equation for a moment. The rest of those items, I said around mid July is probably the earliest um, that you would be complete. If you like crazy pre-write your second, maybe even like the first week of July, but let's just call it mid July um, for the sake of the discussion at that absolute earliest, right? Because you have to wait for your application to be transmitted to a school in order for them to go, oh, Dr. Gray is applying. I got to send him a secondary, okay? So essentially this means that there, there's kind of two pieces to this. So you might just go, okay, well, great. I need my score by mid July then. And I think that that is a decent starting place here. But then we also have to um, get into the conversation, right? So like, let's say you do, you were planning to take in March, right? You pushed your MCAT back and now you're taking it. You took it like June, let's just call it like June 1st, right? So you're going to get that score back July 1st. Now, when you send MCAT scores to schools, um, picking and choosing like what MCAT scores you send is not a thing. So like, you don't get, let's say you submitted your application, it got verified. You get your MCAT score back on July 1st. You don't get to choose, oh wait, I actually don't like that score, I take it back. Um, that is not an option. Is that, that, that sound correct to you, Dr. Gray? Say, say that one more time, you, you get your mm -hmm. score back and you're like, I don't like it, don't send it. <laughs> No, in terms of like when you send, like if you have, for example, a when you're sending MCAT scores yep. to schools, especially yeah. like if you're retake, you can't you can't pick and choose. You oh, I only want them to see yes. the scores. Every, yeah, every you score. can't. You can't <laughs> yeah, you can't do any take backsies essentially. <laughs> yeah, with these you're like scores. you're like I'm gonna put some cover up on this one, and I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna Photoshop that one. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. um, for AMCAS, there's there's obviously AMCAS is run by the AAMC, which also runs the AMCAT. Mm -hmm. So there's there's an automatic connection for your AMCAT score. AMCAS sees yes. all of your your tests pre 2015 and post 2015. So they'll see if you're a non trad and you took the old MCATs way back in. 2005 and you have a, a, a 20 yeah. <laughs> on that and then you have a new test that's like a 520 wonderful 500 point increase that's awesome um, <laughs> the the uh the amcas schools will see all of those grades tmdsas uh, i believe has a connection potentially as well um you may have you, i think you have to release the tmdsas uh still uh, a comis you have to you have to like log into your mcat portal and release the scores to a comus and i think tmdsas as well um and it, it's it's a all or nothing right it's it's you mm -hmm. go and you release the scores you can't pick and choose which scores you want to release unfortunately mm -hmm. yeah so for especially students who might be retaking i said this is something to keep in mind right so like let's say in the you know terrible event that your mcat score drops right like it's going to the schools <laughs> like you're not gonna you're not basically gonna be able to hide that from them from an amcas perspective um particularly right because there is that automatic connection there so if you are aiming let's say for one of those quote like later mcat dates right so getting into particularly june or even like a july mcat what a lot of students will do is they will submit their AMCAS application, but only add one school actually onto their portal. Right? So like if you were just submitting like normal, right, you would put your full school list in. What some students will do is to just have that one school, they call it like a throwaway school, which 
I don't Hopefully you actually that. do want to apply to <laughs> yeah. that school, right? Not, let's not pay money for schools we don't want to yep. apply to. But you just pick one, you put it in. Um, and then like, let's say like whatever happens and you get that MCAT score back, right? And it's like a 480 and you're like, oh, just kidding. I actually don't want to apply with that score. Then you haven't, then you basically only lose out on that score kind of, or being an applicant or potentially a reapplicant to that one school versus to your whole school list and having paid those fees and then having to backtrack and say, actually, oh, wait, I don't want to do that. So essentially that submitting to one school is a strategy to basically get closer to the front of that verification line yep. um, while you're still waiting for your MCAT score, right? So that way you're, you're not, um, I said, getting in at that peak time, right? Where if you submit your application, right, you get it back on July 1st, you submit your full AMCAS application on July 2nd because you're like, yes, I like that MCAT score. I want to apply, you know, then kind of risking being in deep into that verification line. And now we're starting to get into August and then we're returning secondaries in September and the slippery slope starts to get slippery there. Yeah, it does get mm-hmm. slippery. So really, mm-hmm. I, if we if we think about mm-hmm. it, the, the thing to think about as we go back to this uh, archaic drawing mm-hmm. here is... If if you take the MCAT, let's say if we break this up, this is June, this is July, August, September, right? And obviously, it's not super even. Uh, and don't don't mm-hmm. quote me on these timelines. Um, mm-hmm. If if you take a a June date, right, you're gonna get your score back in July. If you take a July date, you're gonna get your score back in August. And so you can start to see the ramifications. If you take an August date, you get your score back in September. And the question ultimately comes down to what is your risk tolerance for applying, knowing that the number of seats is going down, 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 Mm -hmm. down, down. Right. Yeah. And if, if you, you're going to take in August or September and you know that you're like a 525 MCAT student, there are schools out there that'll move you up to the front of the line and go, hey, we want to talk to this person, assuming the rest of your application uh, looks good as well. So ultimately, mm-hmm. that's the that's the visual that I have in my head every time a student says, can I take it in June? Can I, what about July, right? And and, yeah. and, and inevitably what happens is someone will- You can. Ask, someone will ask on Facebook and they'll say, hey, I need to push it back. I'm thinking mid-June. And I'm like, you can do it, right? I'm, I'm still okay with mm-hmm. that timeline again because you, you said, right? Most mm-hmm. schools are starting to- which I agree with, most schools are just starting mm-hmm. to get into looking at applications kind of mid-July-ish. Mm-hmm. So if you take a mid-June, your MCAT score is is in, and if the rest of your application is verified and complete and, and your LORs are in, then you're not really you're delayed, right? Yeah. And then inevitably what happens is the, the first comment will be, well, what about end of June? And the next comment is, well, what about first week of July? And the next comment is, yeah. well, what about third week of July? And it's just like, people, mm-hmm. it's it's this, this timeline. Like, just take my advice and mm-hmm. go, well, if I take it later, there are going to be less seats. There's going to be more people in the yeah. applicant pool. And and that's that's all. And and it's typically, and I'll I'll go back to, to this uh to this mm-hmm. diagram again. 
it's typically when your application is getting complete in this period in August, September, where I'm starting to get some some not good feelings in yeah. my in my tummy. So yeah, that's where, that's where you're gonna start making Dr. Gray nervous here, right? So it's yeah. like it's it's all a balancing game, right? Yeah. Because we could talk all day. Okay, well, Dr. Gray, like, what if I push my exam back two weeks? And that raises my MCAT score by five points. Yeah. Say somehow you pull that off. Yeah. Um. Right. You know that we we have to make balances because, like Dr. Gray is saying, right. You want to take the MCAT when you are ready, right? Because we know, like I said, in the admissions process, you know, not that there aren't lots of students with, you know, quote unquote, low MCATs um, who get into schools that they're really excited about and that are really excited about them every cycle, right? But it's also a fact that having a higher MCAT score is going to make your life easier in the application process and it's going to give you more flexibility, Um so like I said, you have to make that judgment. So if you are in that, you know, time where you've maybe pushed back to June and you're considering, well, what about end of June? What about first week of July? You know, how ready are you, right? Like, and if you aren't ready, would it be better to push back your application a year, right? Like that is a big decision. I know that could be really frustrating for students as well. But if somebody is talking to me, like I want to take like an August MCAT and apply this cycle, like that's where you start to get to the point where it's like, it might, it probably would be better for that student to just wait a year. Cause I think another thing that when students are kind of planning out, like, oh, I'm going to study during this period, I'm going to, you know, apply here that sometimes students underestimate as well. Um, right. Actually doing all of the essay work of applying is also a big process, right? So if you are studying for the MCAT until July 1st and you're not starting your essays until July 2nd, they said that's where we really start to, you know, that's where things once again start to go downhill, right? So the the situation that Dr. Gray and I are talking about where, you know, a mid-June, for example, MCAT isn't really going to hurt you. That is only if you had all of your other essays finished and you had your application submitted and verified early on. When I say early on, let's just call that sometime in the month of June, um, right? Which probably requires submitting, let's just call it in that first week. It's not an exact science. But like I said, there is a, it's a balancing act here. And you have to keep in mind that essays are a lot, right? And then you, let's say you finish your MCAT in July, right? You write, you spend the next month writing those essays, you submit for verification, right? On July 20th. Okay. Well now you have to wait another four weeks and now suddenly it's August 4th and you are so burnt out at this point. And then somebody sends you 20 different essays to write <laughs> yep. all at once. So I said, so that when we talk about the slippery slope, this is what we mean. So you, you really have to plan ahead both with the MCAT and the essays, right? Cause there's, there is some give and take here, right? You could spend more time, to get your MCAT done up front, right? Or you could push back your MCAT, but submit your essays earlier. Bottom line, if you want to be near the front of the line, which you really do, um, something needs to get submitted early. <laughs> and it's either got to be your essays or your MCATs. Yeah. And it's it's mm-hmm. such a hard balancing act. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think we're seeing a lot mm-hmm. of students are just like, screw it. I'm not going to take the MCAT during my undergrad. I'm just going to graduate and then take yeah. the MCAT and I don't have to worry about classes mm-hmm. and my extracurriculars and writing my application and my MCAT prep. That's what traditional students, right? Quote unquote, traditional students are doing mm-hmm. is in their junior year, which 
seems super crazy. It it comes super fast. <laughs> is oh, I'm taking biochem. I'm studying for the MCAT. I'm I'm gathering my letters of recommendations. I'm I'm shadowing. I'm getting clinical experience. I'm doing research. I'm studying for the MCAT. Did I mention that one already? I'm writing all my essays. Mm-hmm. Right. It's too much. It is too much for most people. It really right? is. It's a lot. Like that's not to say that there aren't students who like out there every single year in the application cycle who do exactly what Dr. Gray did and they push through those six months and they absolutely kill it. But like it is really difficult. And this is why um, when I talk to students who are younger pre-meds kind of at my university, um, I really encourage them to take a deep look at their schedule, right? And to really think about when they are applying, like I said, and so kind of the MCAT being almost that first step of really like, I am committing to apply. If you can, if you are like that first year student, that second year student listening to this podcast right now, like see if either one, if you want to take a gap year, it's becoming more and more common. I coming into undergrad was like, never thought I was going to take a gap year. Like, you know, all of, I had lots of people in my year of like, you like, you're going to be, you know, like 48 by the time you become an <laughs> attending physician, you know, be 47 instead. Um, yeah. But gap years are becoming more and more common. I said, so, you know, if you haven't deeply considered a gap year, consider it. Um, because for the vast majority of students, it's a great opportunity to take a little break to strengthen your application. Lots of things to think about there. right? But if you're not taking a gap year, can you make it work out with your prerequisites to study for the MCAT earlier, right? So if you were applying the spring of your junior year, could you instead make it work to study for fall of your junior year? Now, as Dr. Gray mentioned, right, that would require you being, you know, either in or having completed, you know, biochem, physics two, or go to all of these classes. So I personally took the MCAT quite early, but it's because I was kind of able to front load some of my extracurriculars and take some classes during the summer. And so that let me be able to study for the MCAT during a summer period, which I listed encourage particularly traditional students, if they can somehow swing that with their prereqs, this is very dependent on your school as well and like kind of what that progression looks like. Mm. Um, but you really want to set yourself up for success like during the time of year, like I said, you have the most time to study. So studying, like I said, over a summer, you know, when you're maybe working a part-time clinical job or something like that and not doing something else. Um, versus, I said, trying to study like spring of your junior year as a traditional student. Well, you're also writing essays and you're also doing classes and you're also blank blank and you're getting your research and you need to get published and all like all of these maybe other goals you have. To be clear, you do not need to get published, right? But these students, like, you know, students have a lot going on. So really try to, I recommend as much as you can, like set yourself up, take the MCAT at the time during the year, if possible, when you are naturally doing the least. <laughs> it makes a big, as someone who studied over the summer, it made a huge difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I I think we've Mm -hmm. probably hit home the fact that... Mm -hmm. Apply early. (laughs) Apply early. Take Mm -hmm. the MCAT as early as you can, as prepared Mm -hmm. as you can be, right? Always take the MCAT when you're ready and you'll never feel ready. Mm -hmm. So you have to balance that. Um, (laughs) and, And ultimately understand the ramifications of either applying later because your MCAT prep is getting in the way or taking the MCAT later because your applications are getting in the way. The fact that a later complete application 
primaries, which is personal statement, activities, transcripts, uh, all in. Secondaries, MCAT score and letters of recommendations are typically what a complete application is. The later you have a complete application, that means the later in the process you are, which means going back to my archaic drawing here, you are getting later and later and later in this timeline. I'll clean it up a little bit here. And as as you go through this process, right, this red line going down, those are the number of seats. The later you are in that process, the less seats are available because schools are starting to hand out acceptances. So it's just a numbers game. And it doesn't mean you can't get in the later that you apply. It just means the probability of you getting in assuming uh, I'm using that math term correctly, uh, the probability gets lower and lower and lower because there are more applicants and less seats the longer you go through this process. All right, there you have it. Choosing the best test date for your applications. When does it hurt? When does it not help (laughs) or hurt? Whatever, whatever that is. Now, inevitably, I'll always say something about, oh, mid-June, I'm okay with, and then students will say, well, what about the day after mid-June? What about the next day after that? What about the next day after that? And what about the next day after that? Like, put on your (laughs) critical thinking caps and go, hey, if, if Ryan said, if Dr. Gray said the end of June he's comfortable with, then he's obviously not as comfortable with mid-July, but I understand the thought process because he explained it. So you don't need to ask super specifics like you, well, you said mid, you said end of June. What about mid-July? Like just, just extrapolate out that information, my friends. Hope you all have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT podcast. This is MedEd Media.